Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor at Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, we're back on the floor of the Mocha Arts Festival, and this time, ah, I'm lucky. I'm here with Anel Miller, who is the executive director of the Society of Illustrators, which organizes this family show. Anel, thank you for being on More to Come again. Oh, my God, <laughs> Calvin, it's my pleasure. It's amazing. What an incredible weekend we're having. It, 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 absolutely. Uh, it really looks like there's more people here we than ever before. Broke, I, I, that's broke, not hyping, am I? No. Broke, no, no, no. We <laughs> broke a record yesterday. We had over 4,000 wow. people here just yesterday alone. Right. So... It's just unbelievable. That's good. So we're at ground zero for the indie comics um, movement community Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, in New York right now. So that's great. So 4,000 yesterday. Yes, so, just yesterday. You know, we'll find yes. out, you know, what do you usually get here? Like six or 7,000 over the weekend? Easily, yes. Yeah, yeah. Easily, so easily. maybe a new record And that's there. not also, that's not counting the people that come to the programming uh, at Inc. Right, 48. Which is right around the which corner. Which is right around the corner. And the crowds have been incredible over there. And the, and the programming has been amazing. So there's a few thousand people that... Just go over there alone. Before I got here and and ambushed you on the floor, I was at Inc. 48, the hotel around okay. the corner on okay. 11th Avenue, at uh, Francois Mouly and oh. her daughter okay. Naja's a right. presentation right. about Resist and, right. and comics and the Women's March. So, uh, well, this is really awesome. Um, now, were the awards? Because I wasn't. Did we you give did. out the we awards? We did the jurying yesterday, okay. and we went around to each of the creators' tables, and we gave them their okay. medal and their cash prize, and we yeah. announced it last night okay. at the. Uh, well, at I'll the get the names party. later, and we'll yes. announce it. Uh, we're going to we'll do a follow-up show. Absolutely. Um, so we're at the Metropolitan West right. event space. Right. This is the second year. It's second been here. year. This so, is the second year. Yeah, will we will we be here next year, I or is it? So, I yeah. hope so. I wish I could find a bigger venue for us because uh, this, yeah. this, this festival can really be even bigger than what it, it is now. It's really amazing. This is a nice space, but it looks as though you're pushing against the capacity we are. already. We are. Yeah. We are. But this is a good space. It's a great neighborhood to be. It's easy to get here. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, the, the, the exhibitors love the space. They yeah. really, the feedback has been incredible. And, and do you know how many exhibitors? Do you have that off the top of your head? There's I can't probably remember. 400 exhibitors, yeah. I would say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and we had to turn down a lot of people this year. Ah, so okay. the registration was enormous. Right. Well, I also know obviously there are exhibitions uptown because uh, we're down, we're on Forty Sixth Street, but the Society of Illustrators uh, headquarters and gallery Third Street is on right? the east side uptown. Right. So what the, the Will Eisner show? We have three great exhibits right, right now. Okay. We have the Will Eisner Centennial right. yes, celebration. Which I was fortunate enough to see. Yes. We have uh, V for Vendetta. Yes, Mr. David, David Lloyd, who we're sitting who right, next, sitting right to, next to us. <laughs> who's yes. signing for fans. Signing and drawing, exactly, <laughs> which is an extraordinary exhibit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on the third floor, we have Fit to Print, which is the graduates ah. of the Strasbourg School in France. Incredible, mm. incredible school. Probably the most prestigious comics and mm. illustration school in France. Excellent. So we have an exhibit of um, all these amazing French creators. Well, the Society does an amazing job with bringing in the classic illustrators, uh, cartoonists of all generations, and now really, uh, really one of the best indie alt comics, you know, shows in the country. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that's very different this year is we have an incredible presence of international creators. uh, Yes. From Chile, from Israel, from France. Right. 
from Taiwan. Yeah. It's really an incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I think I can see that as really being a place where we're going to continue to grow, bringing in all of these incredible international well, it's, creators. It's certainly timely uh, in, 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 in the atmosphere we find ourselves in that certainly uh, foreign comics artists, immigrants. I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Tia Bui, who has a big book out yes, now about yes. uh, immigrating from, from, uh, from, from Vietnam. Vietnam. Yes, uh, I know that. Abrams I know book, that. Yeah. Uh, wonderful book. And uh, we got a chance. You can hear that on More wonderful. to Come also. Wonderful. Along with Danielle. Well, look, this is really great. Um, once again, it's a great show. Um, I'm having a good time. Thanks again, Danielle, for being Thank on More you. to Come. Thank you, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novels. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. We're back at MOCA, at the MOCA Arts Festival, but this time we're lucky we're here with the co-authors of the adaptation, the graphic novel adaptation of Octavia Butler's Kindred, John Jennings, Damian Duffy. Thank you for being on More to Come. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's good um, to see you. Always yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, well, it's great being here. MOCA is really booming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, I think both of us are first so here. It's your first time yeah. being here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, been great. it's really been strong since the Society of Illustrators stepped in and, and took over the assets I and everything. Yeah. But um, but something else is strong out here in the marketplace is the, is the book that you guys have put together. Um, can you just tell us some of the things that have been happening? I know it jumped right on the bestseller list. Yes. Right. But other things are happening other around things, yes. this great uh, book. Well, we're getting a lot of interest and discussion with uh, educators uh -huh. uh, related to the book. Uh, and we just found out today, actually, that uh, Abrams... It's like they have a discount for educators uh -huh. looking to buy books for their classes. Uh, and they're going to come out with a teacher's guide pretty soon. Um, and this month, we're traveling all over the place. Like, I'll be at the Alabama Book Fair uh -huh. in a couple weeks. Uh, John and I will both be at the Chicago Humanities Festival. Mm -hmm. And we're actually going to have the opportunity uh, to work with uh, Freewrite. I think it's Freewrite Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, but they do work with, uh, like, juvenile offenders who are, like, mm -hmm. incarcerated. Yes. Uh, so they do literary and arts work with them. So we're going to get to discuss Kindred with them and, like, uh -huh. answer some questions. And uh, I don't know. All of that yeah. is really, like, <laughs> kind of part of the reason we did it to begin with, that yeah. kind of educational outreach component. Well, it's interesting. I mean, the book is a classic, uh, but you brought new, fresh eyes to it, mm -hmm. I think, in many ways. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> um, are there other things that have been happening since you've been doing this? Or oh, yeah, yeah. has it led to your next project? Or Oh, well, there's a bevy of new projects yeah. where we can't really talk too much about things. One of them is the, the Black Comics Returns book, though. I mean, yes, Black Comics Oh, yes, Returns. well, that's actually the Kickstarter yes. product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so that's coming out uh, from the Magnetic Collection yes. and the Lion Forge Comics in September, I think we're talking about now. Uh, uh -huh. We're hoping to have some preview copies in San Diego. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks like we're going to have about 100 black independent comics creators featured in the book and uh, contextualizing essays from a lot of uh, industry veterans. Yeah. Actually, for, for, for our listeners who may not know about the original yeah. uh, black comics, maybe you could give them some background that this built off of a previous book that you sure, did. It was sure. also a pioneering well, thank, book Thank you time. very much. So, so Damien and I co-edited, um, co-curated this first book. It was called Black Comics. African-American Independent Comic Arts and Culture, and it was uh, uh, published by Mark Batty Publisher, which now is a defunct publisher. So it went out of print, 
Um, but it was uh, it did really well, and it kind of unified uh, some of the the visuals around like the black black age of comics. And uh-huh. It actually is a really sought after book, and so yeah. I think that's actually what kind of generated a lot of the interest in the Kickstarter. And it was a like 56 artists, about 170 pages. So this was going to be bigger and better. Yeah. But yeah, when um, when Mike Kennedy and uh, David Dostoyevsky yeah. saw it, they were like, "We have to do something with this," you know. So it's, that's kind of like it's what, Mike how Kennedy it and Magnetic Press and uh, and part of Lion Forge now. That's yes, right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, now they're an imprint of Lion Forge. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they kind of. I think he and David kind of dragged us a little bit, kicking and screaming, into doing a second <laughs> book because you know we're like we're both like busy with yeah. working with you Kendrick are and busy. And yeah. We do some stuff, you know. Um, but, you know, like, uh, in the past seven years since the original book came out, there's been such an explosion and continued growth of independent, I mean, independent artists across the board, independent black artists in particular, that we felt like the original volume was kind of dated. Like, we yeah. needed, a, we needed yeah. a new snapshot. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are in a different kind of era now, and it just seems like talent is coming out from everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah. No, we're very um, super excited about it. I, I want to also say, too, you know, we're actually on a production team for this book called, um, I am Alfonso. I am Alfonso Jones uh-huh. from, uh, uh, Lee, yeah. from Lee and Low Books uh-huh. uh, by Tony Medina, Stacy Robbins, illustrator. Damien's doing lettering. I'm doing oh, cool. some finishes on it, and I also have Blue, Man, Blue Hand Mojo out, which is my graphic novel from uh-huh. Rosarian Publishing. Okay, cool. All right. Now, the other thing I want to mention too is we are doing uh, ICA Reads in early May oh, in duh, Boston. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's is the, that the international. What, what, no, no, it's the, called it's the, um, the Institute, Institute for, for Contemporary, Contemporary Art. It's oh, in no. Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. You know, I'm thinking about a, a, a reading thing. No, no, no. no, no this is cool. completely different. Yeah, this yeah. is the oh, thing yeah. they do. It's a mu- the, the museum. They they get a bunch of books and we do like you know workshops and stuff oh, for the kids and stuff. Yeah, they've done it. It's a really big deal in Boston. So, yeah, yeah. That's um, in early May. Well, this is exciting. Look, what you've done with with Kindred is exciting. Are there any? Is there anything else around Kindred? Uh, you want to shout out about? I mean, we're going to eventually do a soft cover. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, that's right. That'll be, out, and yeah. we have, the, like I said, the. Um, it's been selling pretty well right now. It's like number. Mm-hmm. Last time we looked at it was on the sales, it was number eight on yeah. the uh, American, American bookseller bookseller's list. list. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we don't know, of course, how it would do on a New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, because uh, that's not here anymore. Not, not there anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah. We, well, like, we like to take credit for that because we were on the last. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. it's really our fault. You we're blew sorry. it. You blew it out, man. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, look, um, uh, John, Damien, look, really, I'm really great to give me some time. Oh, Congratulations yeah. on the book. It's well, always a pleasure. So we will keep an eye out for you on the new things you're doing. Right. And I, I'm a backer for the uh, the Kickstarter project. Oh, it's an so, awesome book. So you, I'm in. I've got, it. I've got it. It's in the bank for me. Excellent. All right. Well, look, thanks so much for being on Board to Come. Thank right, you, Thank you. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, we are live from the floor of Mocha Arts Fest, the annual indie comics and self-published comics and graphic novel festival. And I have the great pleasure to be here with T-Boy, the author of the new illustrated memoir, The Best We Could Do, from Abrams Comics Comics Arts. T, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Great. So uh, this is a family uh, memoir. Um, uh, your parents are, are Vietnamese. Um, it's an incredible saga. Uh, very timely, obviously, in the world we live in now. Yeah. But in many ways, it's a classic American story, or a classic American immigration story in some ways. Right. Uh, though, you know, your parents were, uh, uh, well, all of you were trying to get out of Vietnam at a really amazing time. And subsequently, you know, 
becoming a family, becoming an American family. It's it's just it's just a great story. <laughs> so yeah. rather than me blather it on, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about you know what this book tries to cover as it tells the story of your family. Um, God, it's I'm so bad at doing this. I actually really like hearing what other people <laughs> describe it as because it's for me it's just like this big mess of a thing that well just give us a, a well I, I sort yeah. of said it but I, I'm sure they would rather hear you describe your oh, book gosh. than me alright so I guess in some ways it is a refugee history mm-hmm. um, but the thing about being a refugee is that you know to yourself you're just a normal person sure but with some some baggage it's not cool to talk about in regular social circumstances but in a story you kind of have to show people with their warts and all and their baggage and all and so that's what I got to do with my family Um, you know deal with some of the things that are hard to talk about in terms of the trauma that you carry from Mm -hmm. surviving hard stuff like war and displacement um, and how it affects your relationship with your family members sure Um, so you know I come from a family and I think from a culture that doesn't hash things out yeah in in conversation so much and our silence speaks volumes. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I had to rely on a lot of narration mm-hmm. uh, to lead to lead you through the story. Um, so I guess it starts out when I became a parent myself yes. mm-hmm. and learned empathy for my own parents. Yeah, I'd say for what they had to go through to yeah. get you this far. Well, <laughs> it just mostly it was just a very visceral realization that crap. I'm responsible now for this other person's life, sure. and it is such a huge responsibility. And how do you not mess up that responsibility? So, look, suddenly looking at my parents through that lens, um, I couldn't believe all of the things that they had gone through to well, bring me it's and my a harrowing story. Even though they the beginnings of their lives are kind of in colonial privilege. Yeah, yeah, especially my mother. Especially your mom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and well, before you go on, could you outline your family because it's sisters, it's a brother, it's can you give our listeners just a little bit of how big a family we're talking about? Sure, sure. So we're a family of four children, mm-hmm. um, and there's my mother and father, and I just call them Bo and Ma mm-hmm. in the story, um, just just mother and father, and um, my my sisters are quite a bit older than me. They're seven and nine mm-hmm. years older, uh-huh. and I was only three years old when we immigrated to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I've had to rely on their stories a sure. lot to understand my own history. And my little brother um, is three years younger than me, and he was born along the way uh, yes, in a refugee right. camp. Yeah. Um, tell us. Uh, we're going to jump back to the story, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about your comics career? Because um, I mean, I'm not familiar with you. I'm very impressed with the work, your storytelling, um, uh, your drawing. So, how is? Uh, can you tell us about your comics background? <laughs> I don't really have one. This okay, well, <laughs> I, <will laughs> I, learned, I learned how to do comics by working on this book. Well, this is incredible. So, uh, well, tell us how the book started. I mean, <laughs> were you doing this in school, or did you just decide one day I'm going to do like a 300-page graphic novel about my life? <laughs> Well, um, I had some role models, uh-huh. so Craig Thompson was one. So I oh, figured, you know, sure. seven hundred graphic, seven hundred page graphic novel, no, no big deal, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what um, he does before lunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, of course, like Art Spiegelman was a huge hero, uh, uh-huh, and sure. Marjan Satrapi. Mm-hmm. You know, people who taught me that oh, you can actually deal with family histories and world history in this really mm-hmm. engaging and sure. accessible way. So I was very inspired by them, but I didn't 
no, I didn't do comics. I, I could draw, and I uh, felt like I could write, and so it was this hugely arrogant idea. So did you have a studio art background or or a graphic design? Yeah. I, I have an MFA in sculpture. Ah, okay. Well, <laughs> close I, enough. <laughs> not close at all. Yeah. I kept getting in trouble um, during sculpture because they told me my work was too narrative. So, I mean, well, art schools are famous for that. I, I actually have an MFA. So, but, okay. Yeah. And did you so, get in trouble too? Uh, well, yes and no. I yes almost didn't no. graduate. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I graduated. I had some problems, um, but I did narrative art too. So, okay. you know. Yeah. So eventually, it, I, it I wasn't in out. favor, but I did it anyway. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. I did a shadow puppet play. Ah. Oh, cool. With some of the same material, mm-hmm. but like it was just. It was a little bit too abstract still. Yeah. And so I was. I felt like, all right. I think maybe I need to change the medium. And uh-huh. seek out seek out some storytellers and actually like you know figure out the craft sure. of storytelling because it's not like just because you want it to be narrative it's going to be any good. Mm-hmm. And I learned that the hard way. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's ten, twelve years later. Here I am finally okay. with my first comic. So how long did it take you to do this book? Ten, ten twelve years. years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. I wasn't drawing every day. Uh-huh. And I was doing this on the side while I was a public school teacher oh, and, okay. and a mom. Uh huh. Um, so my days were pretty busy, and I would draw comics like on the weekend or school holidays uh-huh. and it wasn't until um, I did a comic arts residency where I got to work with like Craig Thompson and like and where was this residency? This was at the Atlantic Center for the Arts. It was uh-huh. their, they normally do residencies for like fine artists like choreographers and dancers uh-huh. and painters you know, I and I couldn't stuff. quite hear you. What? Where? The Atlantic Center for the Arts. And where is it's this? It's in Florida. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, they decided to open up their program to uh, sequential artists. Good for them. For the first time, <laughs> yeah. And they brought together uh, Craig Thompson, Paul Pope, and Svetlana Shmakova. Those are great. Yeah. That's a quite a triumph, <laughs> a trio of, of artists. And then yeah. each of them um, had people apply to work with them. Oh. And, and then they chose eight people each. Oh. So it was a group of 24 emerging and mid-career artists mm. and then like three mentors. And we got to just hang out and do comics and talk and about how, comics. How far along in the book project were you? This was really early on. So that was very early. So, yeah, yeah. so did the book project really start there? I think so. Yeah. That was uh-huh. in 2010. I see. Oh, very cool. Yeah. All right. um, it was really amazing to get like the mentorship there mm-hmm. and then to build the, the relationships with other people. So now, how did the book come to Abrams? Did you have an agent? Did you just... Did you meet somebody? Do you like, you're an insider in publishing? Okay, so this is a good story. <laughs> oh, no. even better. That's what I, we want. Good yeah. stories. <laughs> All right, so I get to I get to the Atlantic Center. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to work on my book. I think that it's going to be like the first Vietnamese-American graphic novel that deals with the Vietnam War. Because yeah. uh, I've done my research, sure. right? And then Craig Thompson hands me an advanced reader copy of Vietnam America uh, yes, I know the by book. Well, J.B. Tran. Yes. And I just about Wonderful died. book. Yes. Because it was really good. Yes. It <laughs> He's a really good storyteller, too. He yeah. really is. And what a story. Seriously. So I read this thing and I was like, I was just dying inside. <laughs> um, and so um, then, I, <laughs> then I stalked him. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he do was, what you have to do. Yes. I was living in Berkeley and he was living in New York City at the time. And uh-huh. I, I just, I found his email. And I emailed him and I said, GB, I read your book. I'm also working on a book that's kind of similar. I have to admit that I, I wanted to kill you at first, <laughs> but, but now I'm very ashamed of that feeling. So maybe we could be friends. There you go. Um, and, and also, do you want to do a... And like I a promise part- not to kill you. Yeah. And, well, but first, will you do this comic with me, this collaborative comic? 
So we did this two-page oh. graphic essay about meeting each other. Oh, cool. And mine was like just making fun of my own reaction to basically wanting to pull a Highlander on him and, uh, and go, there can only be one. Was, that, <laughs> was this published somewhere? It was. It was published in Hyphen Magazine, oh, okay. which is a, it's a, um Asian-American like oh, cool. culture magazine, mm-hmm. culture and literary. Is it online somewhere where we could find it? I, I can't, I don't, maybe. Yeah, I'll look. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, one day I get a, I got a message on LinkedIn of all places. <laughs> so people don't, don't delete your LinkedIn accounts. Yeah, I, I, there you go. <laughs> um, from an editor or an editorial assistant at Abrams saying that she saw that and was interested in what I was working on oh. and what I sent her some oh, stuff. And who was, do you remember her name? Yes, it was who? Clarissa Wong. Uh-huh, okay. Who no longer works there, uh-huh. but I, I loved her so much for finding me and walking me through the process of pitching the idea to Abrams that I asked to keep her on as the editor. So she stayed as my editor the whole time. Oh, that's very cool. So you didn't have an agent. I did not have an agent. You have an amazing story. So you just, someone (laughs) saw you and said, hey, you should pitch. And you did. Yeah, well, she didn't say, hey, you should pitch. She said, I'm interested in this. Uh, Oh, I see. And, and, but honestly, your art's quite, not quite good enough. But if you work on it, like, we would like to pitch it. Um, I think she really liked my writing. Yeah. She didn't feel like my, my art was quite there. So I just worked my, my butt off. Sure. For, I don't know, a good six months Mm -hmm. with her advice. On to, to get something story, together. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not a work of great mastery. It is a work of, like, just dogged perseverance well, and, well. and quite a bit of luck, honestly. <laughs> well, at, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of comics, it's just the ability to sit in a chair and get it done. For sure, right? It has right? a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. And I love podcasts because they help me keep my, myself glued okay. to my, my seat. <laughs> well, you'll be able to listen to yourself talking That'll about your book. There's yeah, that, I don't know that, if that's get much so more good. meta than that. <laughs> um, well, great. Well, you've got an amazing background. Um, uh, uh, your book deal, I mean, that's pretty incredible. I mean, the ability for someone to just sort of see your work and say, hey, I want you, that almost never happens. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think it's a testament to the material and to the experiences that you share with us because, uh, I mean, really some of the best parts of the book, even though they're, they're sort of adventure, in, in if I can describe it yeah. that way, is the stories you tell about your parents, their upbringing, um, for you know someone like me to read about it and to read about another culture, uh, and also to bring in, in fact, another really interesting book on Vietnam that I read recently. I think it's called The Quiet Little War or something. Have you seen Such this book? Such a Lovely Little War. Such a Lovely Little War. Yeah, by Marcelino Trillo. It's re- I-, I read that last year, and I was really... I just really love it. It's so exciting to have more than one book out there. Well, you, you've got a, there's a shelf now, you know. Yeah, and every, know. each one has a different perspective. Yes. Which is how it should be, right? Yeah. Like, no one should be the single story of the whatever experience. There should be, like, yeah. multiple facets to it. Because he was obviously really an elite. This is a story of his yeah. his family as diplomats, right. uh, you know, as the war unfolded. Yeah. and biracial. Yes. Yeah, right, because his wife is French. Yeah. So, um... But yeah, but maybe could you tell our listeners a little bit more about just your your father and your mother and their stories? I think, it, it, I mean, that's a wonderful part of the book. I mean, just to see what they, how they ended up with each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my dad is, uh, he's a bit of a rebel, um, modeled, modeled himself after James Dean in the 60s. All right. <laughs> um, you know, studied philosophy. Uh, he's kind of a bad boy. And then my mom was like from a like 
a really amazing student from a very good family, and she wanted to be a doctor and save lives, but instead she met and fell in love with my father, who was dying of tuberculosis at the time, uh-huh. and she saved him instead. <laughs> okay, well, that's good for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Keeps our story going. <laughs> it is a very romantic story. Yes. Um, which neither of them will admit to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to I had to pull these details out of them. Because, um, of course, they're like an old couple now, and they have yeah. like all kinds of baggage. But, um, you know, he, my father lived in North Vietnam yeah. during uh, the first Indochina War, which lasted a decade, and during the Japanese occupation mm-hmm. of Vietnam during World War II, where there was a famine that killed a million people. Yeah. And this is the kind of stuff that he grew up, like, these are his formative years, four or five years old, running from bullets and, like, you know, opening the door in the morning, there being corpses yeah. uh, mm-hmm. on his porch. Um, so I think that he saw a lot of things that you, you shouldn't see yeah. as a kid, and it really scarred him, and he never processed it. Yeah. So unfortunately, that, that stuff all came out again when he became a father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I don't know. I guess my father's a survivor. Yes. And then mm-hmm. my mother, who had a very nice childhood, had a really hard adulthood. Yeah. She worked mm-hmm. like a dog all her life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she became poor, <laughs> she became dirt poor living with my father and then uh, with like inflation and just the, the effect that the war had on oh, Vietnam. Yeah. Their lives were really, really tough. And she became a, a tiger and a survivor, um, just keeping the family yeah. together. Sure. And she was the She was the sole breadwinner for a long time when we came to the U.S. Because uh-huh. my father dealt with, um, we, we didn't know this at the time, but mm. you know there was a lot of PTSD and depression. Sure, sure. And so she was the one that just, you know, went to work and kept well, us to, kept not us to alive. Re- reduce yeah. your family's experiences to the refugee, because obviously uh, there's so much more to it. But that that is a significant part of the story. Um, uh, there was a boat trip. Yep. I mean, yep. to get uh, to Malaysia. Yeah. Um, uh, but. Um, the story, as it as it ended up, is you know it, at the end of the day, it's like so many incredible American immigrant stories, and um, uh, it's all written out in your book. It so is all I'm gonna, there. <laughs> tell there. you what, I'll wrap this up. Uh, you you actually talk very eloquently about the book and your family. So now people need to go out and buy it. <laughs> so look, T, thank you very much for being on More to Come. Thank you for having me. Hi, uh, Heidi McDonald here. I'm at Mocha on the floor, and I'm sitting here with with Butch. Yeah, did okay, I pronounce it correctly? Okay, absolutely. That's... <laughs> um, the incredible cartoonist. Uh, he's here as the guest of uh, Europe Comics, and he's a bit of a legend, I think. <laughs> so he's very modest, but. Um, uh, his book Peplum is out from New York Review of Books Comics that came out last year, and uh, also Europe Comics has his um, The Dark Side of the Moon is the English translation, so you might see that. Also, Goodbye Silver School. So we have some some books of his in English, but but not as many maybe as as might be as might be hoped. But um, this is your first time in New York in 20 years, correct? Yeah, exactly. Has, has last time was in '97. It's another time, you know, another yeah. city. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. What has anything changed since your memory? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The landscapes changed, you know. 
maybe other things, but I'm just here for three days and it's so, so, I'm, now I recognize New York. Now, were you here for a comic show last time or? No, no. Just here as a visitor? Yeah, as a visitor and I, I live, uh, these days I live by, in, I'm sorry for my English. No. I, I live in <laughs> David Mazzucchetti and Richmond, Richmond Lewis places in Hoboken. <coughs> uh, and uh, I work a lot, uh, but for me, I was drawing uh, uh, my comics called Mitchum. And I work for the, I made illustrations for the New Yorker. Ah, I made illustration for the New Yorker uh, uh, between um, 95 and 98. So. All right. So, uh, so this is your first American comic show. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but I, I've heard that there's been quite, you know, a lot of your films are here. So it's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I come up with your song anglais. Comment on dit c'est touchant, it's touching. touching. Yeah, it's touching. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, because I... well, it, it, in a way, it's strange too. It's weird, weird because I have only two books, you know, translated in English. Yes, and one is by a publisher, uh, picture box. That's it not doesn't even, right. even exist, you know. I, I have no books in English. So that's that's. I think Peplum. I'm happy. So. It is. It, it, it is. But I, I think when Peplum came out last year, uh, certainly. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about New York Books comics for Publishers Weekly, where I, yeah. I work. Um, but I mean, it's an extraordinary book. I, it was a very attention-getting book. I think um, the people who, who read it, and, and I, I it's, it's so. You you were on a panel yesterday with David Mazzucchelli. You talked a little about how the book was influenced by film, really, yeah. by Fellini and of course Satyricon and all that. Yeah, um, Pasolini, I said. Uh, so. What is? And then certainly, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of those filmmakers as well. And there's something about the book. I can't even. What the quality is, the question of identity. I mean, the book seems to be a lot about, you know, obviously he's searching for his identity, but, but you know, it is, there's sort of an unknown quality to it. I don't know. What is the quality that you think draws them together? The quality, the quality, the quality, the quality. The theme, the theme, the theme. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I, 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 I did this book years and years, 25 years ago. And today, when I see it, it seems to be like an autocorrect, autoritrat, a self-portrait. Right, okay. These days, I never told you that, but now it's like... I think it's me. This guy is completely lost. Maybe I was lost in my late twenties. I was very young when I this book. And this this story reflects my 
my my confusion. You know, maybe I I. Well, it's a beautiful expression of that. This my the main character is pursues pursues pursues. Comment dit pursues? He pursues. The character pursues. Yeah, he's chasing this frozen girl, and I realized that I did the same thing these days. It was after a frozen girl. There's the book that you have from that's available on Europe Comics digitally, and the dark, the dark side of the moon. And this is. Incredible. I mean, first off, it's so beautiful. The artwork is amazing. The colors are, are amazing. Yeah. But it's really um, another, it's like a science fiction story. Yeah, science fiction or more anticipation, maybe. Right. Uh, yes. I was influenced by maybe uh, Ballard. J.G. Ballard? Yeah, J.G. Yes. Ballard. And, and I was... Uh, was I, I, I'm not really. I'm not a specialist of science fiction at all. I basically I never was interested by science fiction. When all my friends in '77 ran to Star Wars, I was not interested in Star Wars. I I, I always preferred cowboys and so. Anyway, that's it. So, and um, uh, I knew nothing about science fiction, and, and I decided to do a science fiction book because I thought I know nothing about science fiction. So then I'm free; I can do what I want because But I've no culture of science fiction, really. And I tried to do my science fiction book without culture of that. That's uh, genre. But it nope. is, but it is kind of. I mean, Ballard is a very good um, comparison because it's really set in a in a world where there's this one guy, right, who's like yeah. creating stuff, and like everybody's worshiping this one person, perhaps foolishly. And for me, Ballard is it's mystery, and, and it's it's. Uh, a moving, nebulous world, you know, and, and strange sex, and, and, you know, and, yes, yes. and wet world, not by what you It's like a jungle, you know. It's, I was very impressed, and I, I tried, I have other influence, influence in this book, maybe. You mentioned Karl Barks, who's my favorite cartoonist. One of When my, I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, he fired your imagination. I mean, you read his work and you saw these worlds, these, these you know, characters. Um, no, your actual style is, you know, like, it's different possibly. Yeah. Uh, but who are, like, who are some of your artistic influences, like, like just in your drawing style? You know, is there anyone that... that Uh, there's thousands of influences. Thousands. Yeah. I think French, I... Italian, Belgian, 
American artists, a lot, a lot. You, you said with David on the panel yesterday that both of you take, take things, like, you don't have to draw the same thing twice, basically. And, uh, it's... Uh, I, I, Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I think in your work, um, some cartoonists take shortcuts. So when I look at your work, every panel seems as though you are drawing it for the very first time. <laughs> Maybe, yes. Um, uh, I try, I think it's a repetitive work. Is that correct in English? Yes, repetitive. Yeah, it's a repetitive word. And when you repeat something, you repeat and repeat, uh, the, the danger is you, you can fall asleep. And I don't want to fall asleep. I want to stay uh, my eyes wide open, so awake. So that's why I, I, I can... I, I tried to change my, my point of view, my technique, my uh, each time each book but I, I I was afraid because sometimes I maybe drawing is like a power so I, maybe I, sometimes I, I said to my fault I said I, I'm, I'm using my power let's finish and, I, and I'm pushing the moment Away, you know, my power will disappear. That's, that's, so, that's foolish. Right? Well, I mean, but, it is. I, that's I, why I try to. to I, I try to. I'm searching. I never find. I never find a way to draw. I have no style. I never know how to begin my. How to practically. Uh, physically, sometimes begin uh, something, uh, an image. Right. I, I is my English correct? No, you're right. I, I just, it's, it, it is like, I think how, I, again, I, there's just such an immediacy to your work. And I think that's what makes, like, um, you know, Peplum could be a very, very hard book to read uh, in lesser hands because there is so much about it that is very mysterious and yeah. difficult. But I think, you know... But I the mean, novel is like that. Right. 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 And you were saying Satyricon yeah. also isn't even complete, so we don't have yeah. a complete story. Right. It is. It is It is that same kind of questioning. Um, well, you sound like you're still excited to draw, right? It's not, yeah. It hasn't become something that's just a job to you. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, it's my... It's my I'm drawing since 1970. Right. <laughs> I was three years old, too, maybe. I, I, I began and I never stopped. And that's, that's a strange thing, because I'm doing the same thing now, today. I'm almost 50, I'm doing the same thing since I'm three years old. Who can say that? <laughs> that's a kind of... A childish way to, to live, you know. You stick with what you like. Well, I never, I never. Well, I hope that I hope that this is it's great. I um, I know a lot of uh, our, our listeners and readers are very excited to, to come see you here yeah, at the show. I, 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 
I love this. I never, I, I always was so, uh, um, it was the city and the artist inspired me a lot. I, I talked yesterday about with Matthew Kelly. He's a good friend of mine, but I was so inspired by, so by artists like Maguire or Burns or Ben Right, right. yes, yes. And yes, I, I hope some. I hope some other books of mine will be translated. I hope that. Well, uh, we hope so too. Yeah. Uh, but you can buy a digital edition of uh, The Dark Side of the Moon, which uh, is a really uh, twisted and science fiction story of a dystopia that could be tomorrow. Maybe it's here already. Uh, so I, I highly recommend that. And also Peplum, as you said. Well, Blutch, thank you so much thank for you, coming I, to us. And, uh, oh, yes. We will it's see you here so sooner since 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, I.